0: This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tiki,
1: assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno,
2: and Maya Solano McDaniel, shodan and student at Aikido of Fresno.
1: Welcome, everyone. Yeah, welcome. How are we today? <laughs> And no, one, no one can answer.
2: This is feeling like a, like a little fireplace. Yeah, fire, fireplace, fire sign, fireplace chat. Fire, fire yeah, well,
0: well, it's 105, whatever it we're is. In so,
2: yeah. we're, in yeah, we're in the fireplace. We're
1: in the oven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's California for you. Mm. Yep. I heard that the other day, 117 in Texas. Jeez. And I thought to myself, is that's that hot. like it? How is that possible? What do you do when it's 117 degrees?
2: to take the fucking side
0: we had that week here this is like 2006 or whatever it was like 115
1: for like six days straight that was Mm -hmm. that was atrocious Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well let's talk about some aikido since that's why we're here um so i think i came up with this idea you did i did you did uh and i don't know if it's it'll be interesting Uh, so a couple of things uh to set it up uh one is i was watching a video a skateboarding video um and it was this uh guy who has a skateboarding school essentially for Mm -hmm. children teaching children to be or how to skateboard Mm -hmm. which is a very uh new phenomenon i feel like right because especially when we were growing up chris and i uh, of the same age no one there was no there was no school there was no, no there wasn't even skate parks no really? they they just kind of started to appear right um and now there are like le- sanctioned right right yeah. now there are legitimate uh schools that you can go to and and learn uh learn to skate so, so that was one thing that was sort of bubbling up in my head and then another thing uh i had a coworker who um had called me he knew that i had done martial arts knew that we had kids classes his uh, kid is like four years old or whatever and um so he's calling, he calls me, he's asking me some questions about what the kids are going to learn, you know, uh, at, at four years old. And so that, that started me thinking. And then he said that he had went to, a, I think it was a Brazilian, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. Um, and he saw like the kids and they were, you know, four years old and already like they were literally rest, like doing uh-huh. uh, wrestling. And he was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. You know, like him personally, like him personally to have his child being like, you know, wrestled with and then whether the child was ready for that uh, or whatever. Anyway, so the whole thing just got me thinking about like martial arts and children and how children are, you know, taught martial arts and um, in Aikido, kind of what, how we teach children Aikido and whether whether we're doing it right necessarily. Um and what kinds of things should we even be teaching them and should we be, you know, should we be just doing like mini versions of adult classes or are there different sort of skills that we could be teaching kids as they're as they're coming up. Anyway, so I thought it would be a good co- topic and we could just throw it out there. Tell people kind of what we do and then I don't know, Chris, probably you probably have a lot more uh thoughts about this than um than me and Maya but because you spent some probably spent more time thinking about it and running away from the kids yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: now uh yeah I I think I probably have a ton of thoughts on this subject it's interesting because when I inherited so I inherited a kids program I when I first started teaching on my own I didn't have a kids program and I didn't for the longest time think Aikido has anything to do with kids Mm -hmm. um it just it just just didn't seem to make sense to me it's like ah it's too complicated kids can't understand what we're doing like it's stupid you know and, and that was just me i was, it was my problem but um then when i inherited a kid's class i was kind of like well i gotta pay for this dojo and that brings in a fair amount of money so like i i, I need to keep this kid's program running and i really <laughs> i really this didn't last long because of the way i am but my originally my initial thought was i'm just gonna leave that program untouched and it's fine. They've already worked out all the details. I'm just going to start teaching the kids class. Well, you know, three months in, I'm like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> this you know, is not famous the way. Last words. Yeah, change this
1: is all not this. The way that uh, you teach kids things, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, um, you know, the way that uh, the kids program had run before, and it, it's a kids program that when I was Uchideshi, I I, I taught to it, uh, but it was basically designed to make the kids look like they were doing what the adults were doing. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was just a. Uh, a modified version of the adult class it was just like sort of not even a prep but it was like
2: the same uh, thing yeah it was but for adult kids.
1: stuff just scaled for
0: yeah children. and it's funny because I, I think it's funny that you say that because i didn't think that at the time i thought it's designed to make it look like the adult like to me in my mind at that time you know whatever uh it, like when i was teaching as a Uchideshi. like it, it's like it The adults are really doing it, and the kids are looking
1: like they're doing it. Right, they can't really do it because they're children. That's an interesting
2: distinction. Right. Well, and I,
1: depending on what martial art we're talking Mm -hmm. about, and maybe even this one, I would probably tend to agree. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, I think now, I think the difference in the way I think about it is adults are made to look like (laughs) they can do Aikido, (laughs) and they can't do Aikido. I mean, that's what I really think, is Aikido is like making it look like you can do the stuff that you can't actually do you know and i mean i think you know maybe that sounds like a harsh critique but if you've done aikido and you want to have productive skills out of it then at one point you hit this like wait but i actually can't do any of this Mm -hmm, stuff you know mm -hmm, like One of our patrons, I don't know, it was Scott Byrne, someone had said, uh, you know, like, I'm still not that great at live Aikido, you know, and it's like, you right, know, 40 like, 40 years, yeah, whatever, a bunch of time day, in, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, that's definitely the way I felt forever, and, and still, honestly, the way I feel now, like, I, I you know, like, while I feel like I'm on to it now, it's like, I still, I'm not nearly as good as I should be for all the time sure. I've invested in, you yeah. know, and it's because we didn't hash a bunch of stuff out, but this is a, this is a different topic, but anyway, so, so my initial idea when changing the kids program was to quit quit trying to make it look like they could do aikido and just teach them some the, skills the Things, yeah. right so yeah. like can you roll like that's awesome kids learning to roll is yeah. great oh, yeah, you know yeah. like and that was for a long time that was my big thing is like you know if all the kids can take really good ukemi by the time they get out of here then that's great because if they fall down in real life they'll right. be
1: able to roll right. for the rest of their life right. that's fantastic. they'll have
2: really good basics if they want to move to the adults class right. and or they have good ukemi for life right
1: right right Right. yeah because once that that gets into That doesn't really go away.
0: Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so then as more time spent in, the more I realized that it was really a good vehicle for like teaching kids about life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like how to be good people, how to stand up for yourself, how to ask questions, how to uh, comport yourself in a reasonable way, all this good stuff, you know? And so then the class kind of slowly became more about like developing good people, Mm -hmm. you know, like how can we develop the best people possible? and you know giving kids who hadn't been held very accountable the ability to be held accountable and and you know giving kids uh, that weren't getting much of an ear uh, an ear you know like so so whatever stuff they needed so so we kind of came about that for a while and then you know my most recent tack Is that like, I I really do just think you could teach kids Aikido. Like, uh, because I mean, I think I know what it is now to learn Aikido. Like, and by that, I don't mean like learning the system, but learning to use the things that the system's pointing Mm -hmm. at, you know? Right. Mm -hmm.
2: It's not recreating forms. Right. Exactly Something right. Something else. Who
0: cares that they can do the form of Shomen Uchi right. Who really right. cares? What I care about is that they would understand the skill set and how to apply the skill set when the skill set's necessary, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I really do believe now that it's totally possible to teach kids. And in fact, a lots of ways, I think it's easier to teach kids than adults because kids are more physical. Mm-hmm. Like adults have got a bunch of weird shit going on. Yeah. And so it's just easier to teach kids.
1: Well, and, and uh, kids also don't, they do and they don't, but it's easier to get rid of this uh weirdness in what they think a like doing a martial art is because i th- i feel like a lot of times for adults that's the a a giant hurdle to overcome is getting rid of their concept of what they think they're learning mm-hmm. and actually getting to the heart like just doing what we're showing them because they always want to do it in some you know yeah special way because they're doing some special thing whereas kids they don't know any better so you just tell them like move walk this way move this way keep your hands, and they'll do it because they don't know any you know right 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 i also feel the closer they are to uh being babies uh the the better they're like the better and worse i guess but kind of the better their body skills are in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways um because when you're a little baby on the ground you have to crawl around you have to use your body efficiently or whatever um, so a lot of times I'll look at like the little kids once they kind of get some things figured out and be like, man, that that kid moves way better than, you know, the uh, adolescent who is now having to deal with all sorts of weird mm-hmm. body things <laughs> happening. You know, it's
0: a, real, it's a lot easier to teach them. You know, it's like it's a lot easier to like get them on the right track um, and then they just stay on the right track kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. It's
2: interesting, though, because you I mean, I think this is the thing that deters many martial artists from teaching kids classes is like while kids make great quick progression because they don't have all the bullshit that adults have whether that's like mental bullshit or like physical weirdness um they also are kids (laughs) so the the periods that you can train them are like you know our classes are 30 minutes or 45 and not an hour and of that 45 minutes how much of that is like actual like true training well not the whole thing definitely Mm -hmm. and then you're also having to spend a lot of time with the kids because they're coming in with various different levels of um you know discipline and whatnot like you don't have to discipline adults but with kids you do have to Mm -hmm. go okay we all have to bow until we We... all bow together at the same time Mm -hmm. we're gonna figure it out and so that kind of detracts from the like learning the skills of aikido Mm
1: -hmm. that's for sure so um for the most part, at least for us, you've sort of de devolved a little bit or or taken out like what we would consider like adult Aikido stuff. Um, but still, you know, like the kids do know how to use shomenuchi. you know, Ikio, Omote Waza. We still do that, for instance. Um, so what's your thought process in how much of like the quote unquote adult stuff that you feed into the the kids and and how are you feeding it to them does that make sense as a quite like uh, uh you're not just sort of recreating the adult classes for children right like mm-hmm. if you look at our adult class and our kids class they're vastly different <laughs> oh, yeah. even if we're doing the The same same material the same material
0: yeah you know it's funny and this is why i think originally i thought that adults could do aikido and kids couldn't do aikido and it's because we've intellectualized aikido so much that adults like they they want the intellectualization of it they want that you know and so like you kind of gotta give that to them some you know um, whereas like the kids, they just start going to sleep if you mm-hmm. if you start intellectualizing it. So so it, yeah. it, it doesn't make any damn sense. So it's like you know everything in the kids is like you know poppy and exciting and like boom look at this look at this look at this let's try this can you do this can you do this can you do this and then like that all just kind of stacks up naturally and so like a lot of times adults will watch kids class and go i didn't know that i didn't know that i didn't know that you know yeah um because it's just it's just taught in a different way whereas the adults like much more from a much earlier rank you know so three kids tests in the kids Don't know anything about Aikido, you know. Like they know like the stuff we do, and that stuff will all start accumulating until eventually they do start knowing what Aikido is. You know, by the time our kids get high up in the kids ranks, I feel like they do understand what Aikido is. Like you know, they're starting to get that, but they don't get it for a lot longer. Whereas the adults, a couple tests in, and they they totally know what what we're teaching mm-hmm. you know yeah
2: the kids are getting it in like very bite-sized chewable pieces right, where right, the right. kids I and mean, the adults have to chew on it on mm-hmm. their own so to speak
0: and i can just you know you can just say you know so like if i'm talking about a suspicious person to an adult i just say a suspicious person and everyone knows what i mean but to a kid i'm like what does suspicious mean right, right, right. well it doesn't necessarily mean that they're acting just weird well it right. doesn't you know what right, i mean like right, right. Um, So it's just, you know, the communication with adults is so much faster. Um, But in that, also, I think it's sometimes a lot of stuff doesn't get conveyed Mm. because assumptions are
2: assumptions are being being made. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just interesting to me because uh, I think one of the things that you could say as a as a parent or as a uh, so with a lot of other martial arts, jujitsu or whatever, You take a kid, you put them in, they're immediately, like, doing it Mm -hmm. in quotes. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see it happening, right? Um, And with Aikido, especially, like, with what we're doing, that might not necessarily be the case. Like, you wouldn't necessarily watch one of our classes and go, like, oh, I see the martial art that they're doing. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Like, you would be able to see all of the different things that were kind of putting in there in terms of the you know skill sets or whatever um but it's not like uh, karate you know where Mm -hmm. the kid is you know going to be able to show some uh form Mm -hmm. start to finish and and you can point to that and go see Mm -hmm. look look what he knows you know
0: i mean i think it's in you know like you could argue depending on the school that a lot of schools have this but to me what is a signifier that our kids are learning aikido is The way they interact and comport themselves around class. And so like you can see in our senior ranks, all of my kids act a very particular way when class is going on, which is like they are courteous, kind, friendly, control themselves, know when to sit, know how to move, know what's proper and what's improper. Like don't, you know, so when we have new kids in who don't do that, they don't laugh at them. They just, like, look at them, you right, know, like, right. hmm, that's not what you do. Or they you know, will tell like, them, like, hey, yeah, that's, not, that's not how That's act. not how we're doing. Exactly right.
1: Like, you need to kind of shape up, yeah. And
0: so, like, that to me is, like, and that's, that's you know, like, the way I talked about, like, progress. how, you know, could kids fall was my first idea. That's important. Yeah. And then, like, you know, can kids comport themselves? That's, like, the second stage, you know, and it's, like... All my kids have that now. You know, like all my kids can fall. All my kids can comport themselves. And so to me, that's what you're learning. And that's what Aikido is about learning also to me. You know, sure, it's right, like yeah. learning how to comport yourself in the world, like in a way that you don't get into a lot of conflict, right. you know?
2: I think when when parents are putting kids into hobbies, activities, whatever you want to call them, they're doing, they're doing one of two things. They're either putting them in to gain a skill. Um, okay aside from having fun of course Um, putting them Hmm. in to gain a skill or putting them in to to figure out to to get some self-discipline and I think many parents put their kids in martial arts for self-discipline now I think that's confusing now that we have more martial arts that are more sportified so mm-hmm. like brazilian jiu-jitsu they're doing it for the brazilian jiu-jitsu skill mm-hmm. and i think then again when we enter into the conversation of what well, what is self defense what you know the are these learning these kids learning things for self defense i think we come back around to the uh self control self discipline piece like you're saying mm-hmm. because comport, like having a child who can follow the rules and listen and you know control themselves like There is a reason for wanting that stuff that I think a lot of people don't think about. Like parents just go, I want my kid to follow the rules, which is great. But beyond just wanting your kid to follow the rules, it's good when you need need that in a bad situation or the kid needs to be able to handle shit. That is the real implied reason. And I think some people kind of forget that like. That's how a kid is going to probably take care of themselves exactly. if they need to.
0: Yeah. No eight-year-old, I don't care how good he is at jujitsu, is going to armbar a full-grown man. It's right. just it's just never going to happen. And so like, but a kid can recognize a problem and stay away from a problem. A kid can handle things in such a way that it doesn't escalate. A kid can do all these kinds of things, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so.
2: And there's so many kids that need that basic level that's of right. self-control, self-discipline, all of that stuff. And, and... some kind of cool skill that can be a later time thing
1: yeah right well and so that's what you know like if we like if you're looking at our class like there are very few so the the in the the testing uh you know syllabus Mm -hmm. the stuff that they're learning what would be an actual aikido form is that does that even exist in any of our kids uh testing really like like what do they we, have to know forms for tests like right like yeah, what we would really. consider I mean, an actual like so, you know katate dori ikyo or you know shomenuchi right, 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 right. you know whatever yeah,
0: yeah no 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 don't have that because um they don't need that it's stupid um so <laughs> like i mean well i mean this is just my opinion but but and this goes back to my original idea that like why make kids look like they can do aikido right so like look not that we don't do some forms, right? And, and particularly in my school now, more and more and more, everyone knows Shomenuchi Ikyomote because I think it's just so essential to Aikido. But not in like that I'm going to take someone right. down and pin them right. real hard. Just in like that's a position that's going to right. happen it's all the a time. It's a building block. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's a building block. And so like th- that's a good building block to have. But like, you know, look... As my older kids get up there more and more, I work with them on stuff like Kokinage because I think that's a useful projection and stuff and stuff like that. But but that they can do forms is unimportant. And it's unimportant for my adult class either until you get up to fourth cue because right, right. that's just not the way I view Aikido. And so like making them look like they can do Aikido versus understanding and being able to apply ikkyo, or Aikido are two different things. And mm-hmm. so like I don't care if you look like you can do Aikido. I want you to is, do Is Aikido. that
1: different? Than, I mean, so... Right now, what you're saying, there, there's it, that philosophy is no different for adults and for kids. Mm-hmm. But it seems like uh, for kids, it's kind of the only way to do it. You know, does that make sense? If you're wanting to actually give them, I or the 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 martial art.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I was going to say right now is like that is true for adults as well. Like it sounds like the way that Chris is describing his approach to teaching kids class as well as adult class, which we've talked about this with the adult class a lot, is like he looks at the group and goes, what do these people need? Why are why are they here? What what do they need? Um, you know, where are their deficiencies and how can I get them to, you know, how do I see this, the building blocks of Aikido as they build? What levels are they at and what, you know, what do they need? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it sounds like despite the, the way that The Aikido classes look different. The the adult class looks different than the kids class. You're doing, you're using the same tactic, which is instead of going, I'm teaching everybody X today, Mm -hmm. you look at the class and go, okay, we have these levels of people here. These people, you know, we're going to have to focus on discipline today because Mm -hmm. we have a very undisciplined group. So we're going to focus on that. And then once we can all do that, then we'll go to roles. Then we'll go to, you know, Um, and I think that is like, you know, it's not about here's the basic blank curriculum and we're going to follow it a b c d instead going what do these people need why are they here you know is
1: so uh, teaching them and aikido is different one of the things that i think is great about it and why it is so kind of good for children is that like at its base it is not necessarily uh physically like dominant like you don't your physicality doesn't play a big role in you understanding or be able to Mm -hmm. use it um that being said does it make sense to even for instance you know you look at a a martial art like brazilian jiu-jitsu or you know like they like to teach little kids boxing and stuff sure i think we've talked about this before but does it even make sense sometimes to teach a little kid how to punch in terms of like if we're looking at self-defense when it's like you punch me all day little kid no matter how strong you are it's not gonna it's not gonna help so like why you know why teach it I think this is I've seen this all the time we do it actually sometimes but uh little kid doing Uchi, uh Ikkyo for example mm-hmm. with a grown adult mm-hmm. who's on their knees mm-hmm. and you're like what are you really, Right, right, right. Like what if what are we what are we really trying to right. to to give them? Um you know, the way we do it, there's there's some explanation that comes in like whatever. And some of it's just kinda like fun also. Sure, sure. Like sure. play. Sure. Um I mean the
0: amount of time I spend to so many Cheekyos a form we do in everything. Um, From my, you know, practice and application class all the way down to my kids' classes and my littlest kids' classes. Um, and that's because, like you said, it's a building block. And so, like, you're going to use that building block in my school for all of your Aikido career because that building block can set up everything, right? And so, like... I just want you to know the building block for that. I don't expect you to ikkyo anyone, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And the amount of time I spend with the little kids, which is literally like maybe three minutes in oh, yeah, class. Like, yeah, Do yeah, shoumanouji ikkyo. Yeah. You get in two reps. Done. Yeah, right, we're done, right, you know? Right. Um, versus, you know, like in my adult class, even my adult class, we don't really work on it unless you're getting ready for a test that has that kind of material yeah. on it. We don't really work on it that much. You know, you might spend right. 10, 15 minutes working on it, and that's about it, you know? But, But, and that's just because it's a building block. Now, Teaching a kid to punch, if you're going to develop a boxer, and they start at whatever, six, I think now. Um, Maybe it's a little older. But anyways, like, so if you're getting a kid who wants to be, uh, you know, a competitive amateur and and go on to a professional career, sure. You need to start getting those skills early. I mean, look at all the top seed boxers. Pretty much all of them started at a very, very young age. And that's if you want them to compete in the sport. Now, then you have to compare that to what are they learning right now mm-hmm. for self defense, because it's not going to be till that like kids about thirteen or fourteen that they can really knock the shit out of right. someone. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even even with all that training, they just don't have enough mass to mm-hmm. do it. You know, right. so so to me, if your focus is on what what can make kids capable in self-defense situations right now the kid being able to listen to adult instruction mm-hmm. and know what's serious and not serious is number one right the kids having manners and being able to comport themselves in a way that doesn't cause conflict is is right there with it you know what i mean so like those are actual real skills that you know and be useful right in yeah right all sorts and, of situations. and you could argue that you could learn that doing boxing too there's no i, sure, I, I sure. don't yeah. say that Aikido's I w- got a corner market.
2: I was gonna say, like, I think that it, it's not like this isn't like a versus thing, like Aikido's no, better not at all, at no, 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 not at all, no, no, no. I just think that like the kids that you know, I mean, there's a, there's many different people in the world. The kids that show that you know have ambitious parents and that are ambitious, those are the kids that are gonna go and be boxers at sure, six, and course. then they're gonna grow up and be boxers as adults, you know. But that's not most people, and so like. Aikido, the, the the kind of kids that are meant for Aikido kids class are regular people that are going to, you know, that are have all kinds of weird little idiosyncrasies that we're going to try and work out yeah. in the kids class and get them all on the same page. Right. And that's the kind of people that we're talking about here. Right. It's
1: interesting, too, though, just thinking about this now in, in like from the business standpoint or the standpoint of even being able to get kids in the door if you if you're thinking about this it's like we're not only competing with let's say martial arts sports or otherwise uh we're also competing with any other practice that they would be doing that requires them to gain so for instance right. all the stuff we're talking about uh, piano sure. it, like taking piano will give you those same things sure yeah you know depending on how you're taught right, guitar right. like whatever uh skateboarding you know like you could get these same sorts sure. of things because, in order to get good at, you have to follow the structure. You have to follow the structure right. of, of right. The, the thing, and so it's like in some ways, martial arts are competing with everything else for the, the the kid level, right? Especially because you know how many kid how many parents are actually like putting their kids into uh, you know Aikido or, or martial art. For, for self-defense purpose, right, you know, right, right. as opposed to whatever else they right. could be getting out of, you know, some, some parents definitely are just doing it. So their kids have uh, some place to be some, yeah. Yeah, you know, totally. parents are just doing it so their kids can, you know, use their bug, go out and have a, a time to play right. um, unplug for a minute. Some people are using it for a discipline purposes. Some people, you know, so, yeah,
2: I think luckily for martial arts, Martial arts has this reputation of one, ooh, cool, like edgy martial arts. It's different than a regular sport. So we get all the like people that are interested in like different stuff. So that's fun. And then we also have the reputation of being like martial arts is for self-discipline. You bow, you you know, like that is we have that reputation. So luckily, while you can equally get self-discipline in, you know, soccer or baseball or whatever, like we have that reputation. So I do think that people come partially because like, Oh, I'll put my kid in stuff like in, in martial arts. Right. Cause that's yeah, what cool. we do. Yeah.
0: I, I think the biggest deal is, you know, like I think parents will want, uh, for the most part, want their kids to get those kinds of abilities and, and it's being places You can get it from Because I mean, honestly, public school, they'll get it to some degree, depending on how good the public school is. But it really comes down to two factors. What does your kid want to do? And how's the person teaching it? Mm-hmm. You know, right. if you like the person teaching yeah. it and your kid wants to do it, then fucking sweet yeah, yeah, Put, yeah. done deal yeah, you know yeah. and then to me my my whole goal with the kids is to like give them those skills as much as i possibly can this ability to control themselves and and comport themselves in good ways um so that when they get to a level that they could really start delving into this it's immediately accessible mm-hmm, to them you mm-hmm. know but but more and more like you know so it, it's hard to say because like you know, Aikido is this peaceful martial art that's supposed to bring the world together. I mean, that's real. That's real in a way. Like, it's a little silly and sometimes I, you know, tongue-in-cheek it when I say that. But it's 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 kind of real. And and it's real. And, um, I mean, it's so weird because it's like, that's a silly thing to say because it's so dramatic. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, that really is, that is what, what we're you're doing. trying to yeah. do, right? Like, it yeah. really is like, on a real grassroots level, that is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, anyways, but, so... I think that we could teach kids to play a game of Aikido that is really the same game that the adults play of Aikido. And I think they could get more time in because they, they won't hurt as much each other as much as adults hurt each other. And I think that, honestly, those skills that you're learning in that game of Aikido are more useful to the kid right now than boxing or wrestling would be to the kid right now against adults. You know what I mean? Sure.
1: Right, right. Yeah. If you were looking from a strictly practical, I want my six-year-old to, you know, Be able to handle himself against, uh, you know, an adult who's trying to do them harm, or or and I mean the way
0: that I look at Aikido, I think it's the only martial art that even has a chance of doing Mm -hmm. that, really. Like, except teaching your kids firearms, you know. Like, I mean, and I mean, for some people that's ridiculous, and some people that's perfectly reasonable. I don't, I don't care. I'm not making a moral judgment, but like, teach your kids to use firearms. Well, they're a serious self defense factor right now. Of course, then you've got a kid who shoots guns. Well, so that was the other
1: the other thing. You know, when my coworker was saying, you know. he went into this Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and they were wrestling around little kids, like whatever. Um, you know, part of the thing with something like that, where you're actually teaching uh, a child, something that, that could hurt another child um, is that, you know, are they ready? Are they ready to understand what that even means? Right. 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 Because yeah, children like to play. And so if you're teaching them to wrestle around, are you also teaching them the difference between what you're doing there as a sport or as a like whatever or as play? Right. And I don't think you necessarily have that same sort of um, problem with Aikido. Right. At least for me, you know, that you don't that that you're sort of building in that idea of what this thing is uh, at the same time. So even if, you know, we have four-year-old kids who I guarantee won't, couldn't understand, if you taught them to kick and punch, I don't know that they would understand that, like, there is an appropriate time to kick and punch. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Right. Um, Or wrestle around. So if you're teaching some little kid to wrestle around.
0: Whereas basically what you know. we teach kids is uh, escape if someone's trying to hurt right. you. And right. that is something that might right. be quite possible for a kid. <laughs> right.
2: it's, it's much more difficult to weaponize escaping. Right. That's exactly
1: running around or yeah. whatever it right. is. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think it really, I mean, I think what Chris yeah. said is true is like it really comes down to the teacher and how it's being taught. Sure. Um, because i I think i think in a brazilian jiu-jitsu class you could have an attentive teacher who says like like talking about consent and i'm sure you know and i'm talking about like tapping when you know and like respecting the tap and like that's a a huge way that you could teach kids to understand like we're doing this together this is cooperative when someone says you stop you stop um but there also maybe is no conversation about that and so like it you know what what is nice and i'm just highlighting what you're saying again that like aikido has the like the reputation of being the art of peace so hopefully there's an implication there that what we're telling the kids is that this is peaceful right. we're not using this right. to right. do right. anything to anyone else right.
1: i had just never really even thought about you know that idea of you see it all the time You you know little kids uh, you know uh, yeah. 10 years old black belt like whatever breaking boards and whatever. Uh, break a board like <laughs> no. whatever and and th- and really thinking it through of like what is their level of understanding of the thing that they're doing other than like I'm breaking a board you know right uh, yeah. I, uh, which I thought was interesting yeah and and I think that's kind of a thing where when you present something to children uh in in the same way that you would present it to an adult um, and you're not really necessarily you're just giving them the same sort of things it can get kind of skewed you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like yeah because
2: I, it's interesting because i do think that like um we do kind of have a responsibility to kind of talk to the kids about these topics because like so th- this is a lot of stuff that they would learn in public school you know like all like the uh, learning about the world but we have students who are are homeschooled and so like they don't maybe have the experiences of interacting with other kids that kids who go to public school have and they may also because their parents are taking them to different places and doing different things but not they're not getting the same experiences that the other kids are getting and Mm -hmm. so having Aikido class is a space where they are figuring out how to have those interactions with those kids. So we have a great, like, microcosm for, you know, what things would be happening at school mm-hmm. if they went to school or, you know what I mean? It's the shit like that. So, like, it is, like, an opportunity to work with them on how to comport themselves with other kids and, you know, right. Right. understand how to, you know, interact with authority and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's, it's interesting. Maybe we could talk a little bit about, like, I don't know if, if we have any listeners who do kids' classes or are thinking about doing kids' classes, but, like... I guarantee we
1: have both. <laughs> <laughs> I bet
2: so. So, like, maybe we can talk about, like, how we split up the time, how much time we spend on things, or what we, what the focus is for different stuff. Because I know this is one of the main things that people go, like, okay, what do I, I have kids, what do I do with them, you mm-hmm. know? How do I, how do I keep them busy for X amount of time or, or maximize right, that time? you can't
1: just, uh, I mean, you can but it's they, they, they don't focus in the same way as adults, so you can't just be like, we're going to spend a a class doing roles today or, or whatever right. it is. Yeah. yeah.
2: Can't do ikkyo for 30 minutes straight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean the kids basically dictate the class. Like uh, not, not that they tell me what they They're want like, to do, but, we're they, doing this but they do tell me what they want to do. I mean, like, you know, in that, like, you know, big part of it is, you know, what is this group and what do they need? You know? So do all these kids need to know how to roll? Do all these kids need to learn how to sit still? Do all these kids need to learn to shut up? Do they need, what, what is it they need to learn to do? You know? And so like, that's going to dictate the base material. Uh, and then inside of that base material, How the kids are doing. And, you know, kids are wild because I I don't know if it's because they go to public school together or because they're all susceptible to the same weather patterns or I don't know what it is. But kids will come in and one day they're all batshit. Yeah, man. (laughs) And then they'll come in one day and they're all awesome. And then one day they're all loving. And then one day they're all, you know, like, yeah, so. So then what mode are the kids in? You know, are they happy, angry, sad, excited, whatever they are, you know? And so then I try and put those together in the best order I can to make a decent class. How long stuff goes just is their attention span. And I'm constantly learning this. And this is on a case by case basis too. You know, you have to watch the kids. You can't just run them through a program like, or maybe you could, but I I don't find that to be successful. There like, has to
2: be with some wiggle room.
0: There yeah, there has to be a lot of wiggle room. Like which I mean I have no problem teaching. I teach my adults class basically this way too. But but it's like I watch the kids and you can see their little eyes glaze over when they're just not paying attention anymore. And once they stop paying attention, you've got a minute maybe until they start acting up. And then once they start acting up, trust me, if they're acting up before you've got on top of it, it's going to be way harder to get them back on track than it is if you can catch them before they get off track. Right. And so like, I just watch their little eyes, you know, and, and and when they glaze over, it's like, Oh, it's too long, you know? And, and I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard me say it because sometimes like, Oh, I ran that too long, you know, because I can just tell I'm, yeah, the kids go. I made a mistake. You know? yeah. yeah, and and so then it's like, okay, well, how do I quickly catch up? And like, you know, I'm always thinking of like, how do I shift it as soon as that happens? Mm-hmm. Because I know that they're going to run out of attention. And teaching them doesn't really take any effort as far as like the material, because I know the material inside out. Like any adult in my school, up to like I don't know, by the time you're probably a sixth Q, you could you know all the material for their kids' class easily, you know and so it that doesn't take effort what takes effort is like watching them and going okay what are we going to shift to mm-hmm. the second this kid flips out right because right. they're 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 headed to right. flip out right now you know
2: Yeah, I really like, so I was thinking about this, like kids love, of course, I feel like most people know this, kids love um, like organization. They love following a schedule of Mm -hmm. sorts. And we do that in our kids' class, although it's a very loose schedule. But I like that every kids' class, we bow on in the same way. We get on the mat in the same way. We bow on in the same way. We sit on the same side of the mat. And then when we get to warm-ups, which we do every day... You you have them do warm-ups, but it it changes. And so if it's a hot day, you might have them do shorter warm-up. If they have a bunch of energy, it's a longer warm-up. If somebody needs to work on a certain thing, then we're going to do more rolls. Or like you have wiggle room within the structure. Right. And I really, I think that's so important because the kids know to predict that they're going to get to do warm-ups. Right. um, And they rely on that. Um, but there's still wiggle room so that they know that you're paying attention to them. So when it's super hot and we're all f- freaking hot, like you, you can end it a little early and they are grateful for that and they understand. Right. And the same thing with the, the game at the end. I think they're all always looking forward to the game because pretty much all kids love games. Yeah. So like you can kind of hang that over their head as like, well, if you're wasting time, then we might not get to the game. Right. Or if you act out, then you'll have to sit out during the game. Or you can hold that as like a, you want to do this? Well, then we got to do this other stuff first. Right. Um, And that kind of gives them something to like look forward to and rely on.
0: You got to, you know, it's kind of like sports too, where it's like you have rebuilding seasons and shit, right? Like this is true because like you get enough kids on your side of a certain age and like a lot of the like maintenance stuff you don't have to do because Mm -hmm. they know to do it. They set the example and all the other kids want to be like them. And so they do it too, right? But it's like we've had long rebuilding years where it's like, I was on this kick, Josh will tell you, of together and nicely, right? Which uh, everyone grew to hate hearing me say. But the kids did their warm ups like shit for a long time. If you looked at my kids now, it's like no one does their warmups bad. they all do the warmups well. And if there's a slacker or someone new, they all just get on them. And so they do it. And that's because this group went through this period where I made all the kids do all the exercises together and as nicely as possible. And I sat and watched. And if they couldn't do an exercise, we started again from the beginning. You know, so like, you know, hey guys, there's only going to be five warm ups today. It's going to be forward roll, crab, bear, um, chico back roll right yeah. but you got to do that together nicely and if you can do that then we're through it and we're gonna play games the rest of the day that's fine but um if if you guys mess up and you don't stay together then we're gonna start again and so i had classes there for a while that all we did was together oh, and yeah. nicely the entire class we,
1: we did you know, oh, four wow. four things there were several classes where that that was it four things but just had to keep doing them to get it, over and over because there would be one person who wasn't on board and then everyone else would have to try to figure out how to get that person on board or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And now, yeah, like Chris saying, that doesn't happen. Nah, you it's know. just effortless now. Like, um, But but you've got to prepare
0: yourself. Way. That's going to happen. And I, I know that as these kids age out, if I don't have a really strong group coming behind right. them, I'm going to have kids. some rebuilding right, time. Right,
2: right. right. And that's just something you have to know as a yeah. teacher that, that that's happened. Yeah. The other thing, too, I think is really important is the buy-in of the parents, Um, which is happening at the same time you're getting the buy-in of the kids is like you have to demonstrate to the parents that you are providing like a safe obviously but like a structured environment for their kids because mostly what parents want is the like structured environment um that and and that the parents trust you to handle the kids while they're on the mat Mm -hmm. you know and that they don't because like I know that you get frustrated when parents come up to the side of the mat and talk to their kid while their mm-hmm. kid's on the mat, or go, "Oh, don't do that," or try and comfort the kid if the kid's like crying on the mat or something. And it's like,
1: and we it, often have kids crying on the. That's the kind of dojo we are. You
0: slap them really hard once, and
1: they
2: stop <laughs> no. that crying. That is not what we do. <laughs> Disclaimer: That is not what we do. It's interesting. So, uh,
1: have do you have like? Have you run into a situation, I haven't seen it, but maybe, where um, a parent feels like their kids just aren't getting, like, what they expect them to get out of it? Because I could see a situation where they have a, where a parent would be like, I've had my kid here for however many months, and it just doesn't seem like they know. You know
0: I mean, I, that maybe has happened a lot. Um, they just disappear. They I mean, just people just disappear. Yet. So okay. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't really think so, though. I mean, mostly... The adults have been pretty happy. I can think of one time that uh, I changed the the way the belts worked. And one of the parents was real disgruntled and they quit soon after because mm-hmm. they thought that their kid wasn't recognized. You know, their, their kid should have been a red belt and they were only an orange belt. Right, or so that was an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Maybe this is something we could talk about too, actually, is the like belt structure. Not like get into specifics, but like the how we do testing and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that... Basically like twice a year or maybe three times a year. I don't know how many times you do it. But we do a belt test and kids night thing where Mm -hmm. the kids get to have a bunch of fun. They take belt tests. They can go as high as they want with the belt. Like It's not like the adults where we're testing you for seventh cue. Which I think is really great because it allows the kids to progress at whatever rate they want to or they're motivated to progress to. And so if they decide, I'm going to shoot for purple belt tonight. They can, right? Um, and if they don't get very far, then it's like, okay, well, you know, you have opportunity to do that next time, and right. you know, we can figure out how to work on that. And you have proven to yourself that you know you need to work on that,
1: <laughs> right? Right, right, right.
2: Um, which is, I think it, it's nice because then it allows the kids to to reach as high as they can. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, that's something else I learned because, of course, you know, when I first started, I, I tested the kids just like I tested the adults for rank. And then I realized, I was like, ah, oh, this is this is no good. Also, like, that's,
2: like, so much work for you. Yeah, yeah Scheduling yeah, all yeah, these yeah. tests. And, sure. Yeah. I mean,
0: like, I didn't care about that as much. Like, you know, whatever. This is what I do for a living. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good point. It's nice not to have to do that. But my main thought is just that it's, it's too much for the kids. Mm-hmm. They kind of can't. They don't have the responsibility yet to take on like, oh, I need to learn this for this test, and that doesn't kind of happen until like maybe pre-teens, mm-hmm. you know, like
2: sometimes the teens have trouble too. Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: I mean, well, hell, sometimes college students have trouble, right. but um, but but it's it's just kind of looking too at much. you, Maya.
1: I'm in college. <laughs> just, well, but you were at one time.
2: That's true.
0: She got out of there in three years. That's I pretty know, that's pretty true. impressive. And then immediately started a job in her. Anyways, we're not talking about how great Maya is. <laughs> no, yeah. um, let's well, not. Uh... Uh, anyways, but uh. uh it's it just didn't work out right, and so then like I kind of went to this group testing thing, which was kind of good. And then you know now we just have kids night, and, and what's great is like it's really just a time that they can each work on where developmentally
1: yes. they should be in the art, yeah. and like just get a lot of time working with adults. To and, me, yeah. I feel like that's the those two nights or however many nights is where the biggest growth uh, sort of happens, and so the the classes uh, are all seeding this right throughout the year right. seating 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 because truthfully in a normal class uh you know someone who is at a green belt level the amount of time that they really get to do things within their testing syllabus for that is is Pretty very small. limited yeah right um like where they can get some specific whatever but in advance of the the test, they know exactly what it is that they need to be looking at, and so they can come prepared. And then on the the actual test night, we take that one hour block or whatever, yeah. and what we amazing get a bunch of adults is, to
2: come help. So then, right. there's more adults to help each kid.
1: And what's amazing is you can get someone a little like little kid who you know has struggles for 15 minutes uh, in a normal class who can actually do a full hour-long class and a test afterwards and sit through all of the sort of you know giving out of rank and everything uh and be okay yeah and that's an amazing kind of thing to see um see happen you know but it happens every time very rarely do you have you know you might have the littler kids kind of freak out at some point and have to be kind of drawn back whatever but for the most part they can really make it through and even in the little kids you can see huge girls someone who maybe couldn't even do a role or couldn't even do whatever right suddenly is able to do all of that plus three or four new things that they just kind of picked up uh so i think it's a great a great way to to do it because it really like kind of culminates what they've like the year long or the however long it's been six months you know right. of learning into
2: one it, it's nice too because you know when chris passes out the belts or their stripes or whatever they got he gets to talk with each one of them for a short minute and i think it's really nice and the kids i think whether they realize it or not really appreciate getting that one-on-one time with you because of course in a regular class time it's really hard to get like a one-on-one with you know with sensei and like get that feedback you know and so especially the older kids where they are mostly spending their time helping out the younger kids or not getting as much of that attention they get to hear that feedback from you and i think it makes it um, you know, it's, it's, it's encouraging to them. And so I think that's really, it's a nice time for them. Right. Um, and it, you know, makes them want to stick around, I think. right? And I think the parents really like it too, because they can tell that you're paying attention to their kid and that you think, cause we can kind of hear what you're saying, although not always completely, but we can tell you're telling different stuff to each kid and right. every, all the parents know that you have been paying attention to their kid right. and know them, you know? Um, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious on the day to day, even because you know them, but like, it's nice to have that.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, kids and adults. I mean, I think, you know, you shouldn't go at your kids' program like it's going to be an adult program. No. And and, <laughs> and I certainly don't think you should try to just make the kids look like they're learning what the adults are learning. Because I don't think that's a good route to go, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: But And then you're, you're going to get kids that just aren't, like, just are not there. Like this are not capable of that. Like cuz I think most kids could probably copy forms. Of course they can. Of course yes, they, they can. They can. Right. They, I mean cuz I've seen it on Instagram all the time. Sure. But I also think like if you have a regular kids program, you're going to get kids that I mean we have many times where it's just like they would not be capable of copying forms because they have so much going right, on in right, their little right, heads. Right, They've got a right. lot going on at home. They've got whatever and it's like though like the program has to be able to compensate or you know include those kids and I think
1: you do have to kind of you there is this thing that you have to decide if that's what you want to do and and we have just you know but because I do think kids will copy forms so if that's what you want your program to be, I suppose you could do that um and they will copy the forms and they can probably look pretty good doing it and they can probably get to a place where you know. The question is, what's behind it? You know, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the, you know, yeah. it would be like in music, sure, you, they can play this piece of music. Can they improvise? Can they, um, do they understand that there are other pieces of music in the world, that there are other styles of, you know, um,
2: and, and do they enjoy it? And do they, right? And do they enjoy
1: <laughs> it or are they just robotically playing because that's what they've been told to do, you know? Right. Right.
2: Yeah, because more than anything, they'll learn through fun stuff. Like, yeah. they like to have fun.
1: <laughs> Who doesn't like to have fun? Right,
2: exactly. Jerks,
1: jerks don't like to jerks have fun. Jerks and a holes. Sometimes like I don't like to have fun. I'm like, eh, it well, seems like it might be a maybe,
2: little. Maybe t- maybe you need to look in the mirror, figure yeah. out if you're a little bit <laughs> yeah. of a jerk. <laughs> a
1: little bit of jerk, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not a bad idea. We're at uh, 49 minutes what? here, so I think we, we did can, it. Uh, wrap we talked about the up. the children's. I I, I, I don't know if this was helpful for people or interesting for people, I thought it was interesting. Like hearing my coworker like call and have these questions about uh, it, it was the first time that I've really experienced that. Like I have helped teach kids class for a long time, but for the most part, I don't really interact with parents who or, or have to kind of uh, answer their questions or or look into their needs or, you know, whatever. So it was the first time for me and I thought it was interesting because I was literally telling him, like, you know, he's like, "What do What do they learn?" I'm like, "Well, did they like learn to sit there and be quiet, like whatever?" (laughs) And he sort of, and he sort of (laughs) laughs, you know. And it's like, well, and then I had to kind of explain, like, why that's something that's like important, you know, because I think that that might not be something that a parent would quickly would assume like right out like would think about right off right, is that like right, oh right, yeah right. just learning to follow directions and like, i think a certain, for a four his kid was right. four you know and
2: so. i think a certain kind of parent you know like more of like the like hippie style parents would be like why would you want a kid to just sit like <laughs> we don't seems, want
1: conformity well,
2: right that's what i mean it's like why would you want someone who like is just like you know like a little robot or yeah, like yeah. a little soldier it's like but I think explaining, like you're saying, explaining, like it's not about being a little soldier or something. It's about right. being able to control yourself, self-regulate your right. emotions, being like able to, being yeah, able to express what you're feeling at, and knowing yeah. what's appropriate right. and like you know cooperating and having fun together as a group and not doing your own thing when we're playing a game or you know like yeah. stuff like that you know
0: it's super empowering to a kid too once they realize that they can control themselves yeah it's mm-hmm. it's a little addictive mm-hmm. you know like when my kids sit and a they sit and sizzle like little samurai yeah. right and it's not because they're gonna get beat it's because they feel awesome doing it right, right. like they're like yeah. i can control my i, I can look awesome yeah you know?
2: that's i mean the game that we've been playing recently zatoichi where like in order to get nominated to be the attacker for the game they have to stand super straight and they man they're so good at oh, it yeah. and they really are like so intense because they want to play the game so bad and right. they're very good at it and so it's it's possible it's very possible very possible
1: all right let's go ahead and thank our patrons
2: all right thank you so much to daniel Penzuti, kwang hmm. Ding tien jim sullivan william glenn hunt spain Abney, logan roku joku nage is a secret technique heinrichs roku joku nage. uh uh roku juku sorry um adam nicholson matt whalen the dirt wasp podcast nagami nagayu oh i wonder who threw who j food that is all pdfc pretty decent fighting championship Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love it uh yarrow assistant to the regional manager madrona ampersand brooke ferragamo ben bear wrestler aldrich tommy Siv, francis cordone Two things, out, tr- two things true at once. Fourth Don achieved after 30 years. Still unable to apply Aikido in a live situation. <laughs> Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Okan Ayrton, Randy Stewart, Hillary Jones, Constantinus Andrew, Franz, sometime Superman wins. Ooh, I almost said the wrong thing. Nope. Superman wins. He throws Ant-Man into the sun. Yeah, yeah, Martinson. All Brian there. Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Akata, Christopher Cito, Matt Mumford, and Grant Teplin.
1: There you go. Yeah,
0: right. uh, an announcement here. So, announcement. We're we're, uh, we're talking about going to some seasonal stuff. So, uh, it's it's just kind of getting hard for me personally. Um, I've got a lot of editing going on all the time, and so I think we're going to do like I don't know, maybe a twenty episode season. So we'll have some time off and some season on, and we've got so many backlogged episodes yeah.
1: that I feel like people can listen. You'll to. You'll be them, fine so. yeah. in the time off. Yeah, nothing. Um, so,
2: nothing's been decided yet, nah, but we're just kind of chatting about it. how and to so, yeah, keep it fresh for ourselves, right. so that we don't decide it's right. too much.
1: And if uh, you all have ideas about what you might yeah, like, structure. like structures that you would be okay with, I mean, because I know if if you had your way, it fifty-two would be week season every day, you know, you would like, you know, whatever, <laughs> every uh, day podcast, three three hours Grand a day, yeah. you would just live feed. 24 7 that would be (laughs) so no fun uh Uh, anyway so but point being if you have ideas about like things that you would or or structures that you would be that would be cool with you let us know because it's all up in the air we're just trying to figure out some ways to make it easier for us to keep it fresh and new and fun and yeah so we don't hate it and yeah. Burnout is a real thing. Burnout is a real thing. It's been it's four fun. years. I mean, we've been doing a long, yeah. long yeah.
2: time. Amazing I mean, I too, like with Chris, it's like he's now like doing more online stuff. So like his load, his mental load of doing editing and all right, that right. stuff has greatly increased. Um, which is, you know, a after effect of the pandemic. So, yeah. you know, hang with us here. Yeah. Um anyway, so
1: yeah, season, yeah, yeah seasons of the podcast or something and you know.
2: I was thinking for today's tip of the week we Ooh. could answer um, the question that we got from uh, Mike Rodriguez regarding uh, what do you do? He said he tested for his mm-hmm. fourth Q and passed, but during his boken part, the boken part of the test, he froze. Um, and he said I, he had done the thing a hundred times, but still got stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so quickly, maybe a tip on how to not freeze during a test. Well,
1: I mean, I don't think there's any tip on how to not do it because it's not something you can necessarily control. Like if it happens, it happens. Like right. once you're in, like, uh, so, you know, I would say do whatever the do something else, do anything, you know, don't stop and get wallowed in the. I can't think of this. Mm-hmm. Go to the thing that you can think of, do it um, and keep working until you can figure out the the piece that you missed, if that makes sense. And I don't know exactly what he's talking about with the Boken thing, so it's hard to say, but you know, um, I
0: imagine it's just like you know, they
1: said fit the wasse or something, and he's, he's like, like what I don't the know hell's fit the was you know,
2: yeah, yeah, or and so, just so it, it started
1: it and right could not. and so it I would say, do the thing that you can until you figure out you know fake it till you make it essentially
2: right so do something rather than just sitting there and doing nothing yeah Yeah. Yeah. i I mean i think the thing with freezing is it's like especially on a test like the longer you freeze the longer you freeze like Mm -hmm. the more you're you're like oh shit now i've been sitting here for a minute and i haven't done anything and everyone's looking at me like and it just that snowballs Mm -hmm. and so i think like (laughs) anything you can do to break yourself out of that um and then i mean if you're preparing for a next test and you know that you freeze then you can put yourself in a you put yourself in other situations where you might freeze up and practice skills to get yourself out of that. Mm-hmm. So you know whatever self regulation stuff you need, you know like deep breathing, so that you can start like getting back your breathing back to normal, and then mm-hmm. you can start moving your body or you know whatever you got to do, work on those techniques so that you know that you have skills to implement when you freeze up. Mm-hmm. Um, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like, uh, this is what both of you were saying and tools for getting around it, but basically what's happening when you freeze is you stop even working on the problem and you start working on the fact that you're frozen, you know? So like what happens is you go like, Oh man, I don't remember that. This is weird. This is weird. Oh no. Everyone's looking at me. This is weird. And so that shit is not allowing you to actually process what you need to process to do the thing. Right? So so you have to learn to break yourself out of that. And I mean, there's a ton of ways you can do it. Like I found for myself most of the time, I can just kind of will my way through it. Like I just kind of get angry in my head or something and, and I just blast through it, you know, but but you can do other stuff like, you know, top, stopping and taking a breath. I think Maya just said that like, but like, you know, just go like you can ask for a minute, like, can I have one moment, please, you know, but anything to stop yourself from the spinning, because once you allow yourself start spinning, you'll just keep spinning and it won't get any better. It'll just get worse because then you start going, Oh my God. And it's been, you know, a minute now that I've just been sitting here doing this, you know? So, so you got to find a way to break out of that. Um, and, and just realize that that's what it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. And also it's never been as long as you think it is. Right. Right. So when you freeze, you're like, Oh my God, it's been seven minutes. And it's like, it's been, 10 seconds dude. right it's 10 right. seconds you yeah. Know? yeah so like you, you just have to find a way to reset yourself and there's lots of tricks you know you can pinch yourself you can breathe heavy you can um take a moment you can um focus on something different you can like josh said just start doing something that you know you can do and that'll relax your mind enough that you can get on but your mind's frozen and so you just have to find a tool around that
2: right Is that, yeah.
1: does that happen to you
2: um not that i can well not I don't think on aikido tests, but I did have a time where I was like, I I usually don't get stage had ne- have never gotten stage fright. I've done many performances of various kinds, but I had one piano performance where. I was really nervous for some reason and I, I messed up and I felt like it was just the end of the world and I, I didn't freeze but I felt like I paused mm. and it felt like forever mm. and it was a whole thing and it was just it was a head trip it yeah. was totally a, like a totally a brain thing and I like got off stage and I was like crying and my parents were like you did great well, I don't even know what you're talking about and you even notice. So I, like you know, it's a totally like a brain thing. It's
1: right? a uh, so because it test is a performance. I think these are good core like yeah. corollaries because I've had the same thing with uh, doing like cover cover bands or mm. tribute bands or whatever. And so there's a lot of uh, lyrics that you have to remember, right?
2: And everyone knows the lyrics. I'm and, sure and, too. You know,
1: I know them. I guess, and sometimes <laughs> I, I know guess. them like better or worse, depending. You know, because it, th- th- there is a lot of like stuff to remember
2: yes yeah
1: and there are times when you know if going out on stage if you were to go like uh you know here's the song give me the lyrics go i couldn't tell you what they were like i like even before going on like i would be thinking about it and going like okay you know whole lot of rosie whatever the song is how does it go and i couldn't in my mind like think of the first lyric Mm -hmm. right like just couldn't do it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm when you get out when i get out on stage if i just drop everything yeah. and just
2: like take a leap of faith
1: whatever yeah then it just comes out yeah yep, almost yep. automatic yeah right because it's in there but you know but i can't think about it right, right. So stop I stop the spinning right yeah. so i think there's like that thing of like getting getting out of your conscious mind mm-hmm. however you have to do that and just letting your body kind of do its thing you will be helpful i I think
0: uh, a lot of people don't understand and like this this maybe this way i talk about it's weird but i think it helps me you know so you have a conscious mind and unconscious mind and they're both doing stuff and like they have to be friends and the more they're friends then the less you'll freeze up because basically when you need one to take over this is what josh is saying that like he his conscious mind trusts his unconscious mind on stage and so when he goes on stage he can just turn his conscious mind off and the unconscious mind will do what it's supposed to because it does, right? But like when you when you don't trust your unconscious mind and your conscious mind takes over and it starts analyzing what's going on, it doesn't have the tools to do what it should do right. because that's in your unconscious mind and it's not allowing you to access your unconscious mind because it's spinning in this conscious state. And so like you have – they have to make friends, you know? And, and that's what I mean by like I think I can just will my way through a lot of stuff because – my they're such good friends that when one needs to take over i feel like it just pushes right, through right. and the other one's like okay dude i
2: trust <laughs> you
1: right, right yeah
2: i, I really do i think the, the advice of just do something is so good yeah. like the more i think about it is just like even if you do something completely fucking wrong if you do the right thing after which you probably will once you right. start because i've felt like this where it's like i don't know exactly knowing but i'm kind of just moving and then i right. go oh yeah of course there it is there it Black- is and right. then you do it and then right no one after your test you know is going to go oh i remember when you messed yeah, up when you did time that you first fucked up. no everyone's going to go like oh you, you but you got it right so right. like right. who gives a shit you know right um yeah i think and if that's you- going
1: to look much better on uh, in the performance aspect or the showing aspect it's going to look much better that you just continuously were doing things than you stopping and going like staring out into space and not doing anything, mm-hmm. and then snapping into it, and you know,
2: so. right? Yeah, right. but I would say like if you are so stuck in your head that you can't even move anything, like start with a breath. Look, you already moved. Like right. you're right. already moving your nose. Like right, you can, right, right, you know, right, right. you can breathe. You're okay, and then you know, go from there. Move little bits. Move your toes. Move something, right, and then you right. can, you can, you know, and slowly if it is start chip away at it.
1: You know, if it is something that you do have a problem with, like you know that you freeze. Then, like what Chris is saying, it's a a, a problem between your conscious and subconscious, and you got to work on that. However, right. you can do it. Right. So,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was awesome. That was a great little yeah.
1: uh, tip of the day, week, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. get confused. Um, tip All of right. the day, tip of the week, whatever. Tip of the season, yeah, tip, tip of, of the season, season. tip of the tip of, of the season. season. <laughs> yeah. Um I right. like it.
0: That's it, folks.
1: Yeah, We'll, yeah. we'll do this next week. Uh, send us your ideas for seasons and and whatnot.